All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. Okay, so each week here on Tech Gumbo, we take a question from a listener about a topic that they were interested in by visiting our website, techgumbo.net, and sending us the question. And this week, the question is, I'm seeing a lot of unusual ads on my Android. What do I do about it? Yeah, so this problem is a known problem. And um, whenever we're looking to do some research into it, we found a fun new acronym, potentially unwanted program, PUPS. But the more specific term is adware. We had spyware, we have malware, now we have adware. Adware's been around for a long time. That's not a new one, but it's just making a comeback now because it's showing up on phones. And the the whole point of adware is it's not like other types of potentially unwanted programs and that they're not trying to crash your phone. They're not trying to blow it up. They just want to show you more ads because that's how they're making their money. They're making money off showing you that ad. That is, that is a, a whole new business model. It's not ransomware. It's not anything like that. It's just the more ads that they can show, that's dollars. That's right. They, they don't want your phone to die. They want you using your phone it's going to slow your phone down because it's got to run these ads. It's going to make your browser crash every now and then. It's going to make downloading and uploading on your browser a little longer because your browser's got ads that have to run or wanting to run in the background. It also means that your phone is going to have to recharge more often because showing all these ads is going to cost your phone some battery. There's all this extra stuff, and it's maybe it's not a whole lot more, but you'll probably notice it. The thing to do is to remove the adware and or malware as well while you're at it from your phone. And the first thing to do is to use an adware removal tool. Malwarebytes for Android is a great one. There are others out there as well, but find something trusted, find something that is verified. Sit there and go through and scan all your files. And it'll pop up with a report to tell you, hey, did you download this recently? Is this what you think it is? And then when it's on your phone, it'll give you alerts about suspicious apps. It'll keep an eye on any URLs that you're going to that it might be unsafe. So having this malware bytes for your Android is a good thing. Cybersecurity in general is a big theme. It's something we talk about often. It's only growing importance and relevance and Small steps like this that you can take to keep yourself safe are worth it. 
So the next thing you want to do is remove any of these really bad apps that you might have on your phone. If you downloaded something that wasn't from a verified app publisher, if you downloaded something that just kind of looks off, if there's something that doesn't feel right, go ahead and delete it. Again, remember, there's not any kind of filter or security inside the, the Android Play Store. Apple says they have a lot more. That's that's questionable at times as to whether, but there's just a lot of things out there that are in, in the, the Android Play Store that may not have been the best thing to do. So go through and start cleaning out apps, delete the apps and get rid of them. Because also there might've been some apps which were fine at the time, whenever you downloaded them four years ago, but sometime between then and now, the app got sold, it got hacked or something like that. And now what used to be a good app is now been taken over. And so if you have old apps that you don't use anymore, clean them out, free up the space on your phone and also prevent that potential backdoor. Yeah, so you have to turn your phone off when you start it back up, start it up in safe mode, go to settings, to apps, and then start cleaning out phones. Hit uninstall on the apps that you're not very comfortable with, and that will help get rid of a lot of your problems. Then you want to clean your browser. If you have plugins or other stuff, go into your browser in the same way, delete your cookies and delete all that stored data in your browser on your phone. If you really feel the need, uninstall it and reinstall it. They really go through the hard reset on it. These are, these are you know sequential steps. You know, if if it's not responding to those earlier things, then you can try this. But we're just trying to give you tools so that if you're really running into problems, you feel like you have something you can do. Absolutely, and to safeguard yourself from these these adwares out there, using something like a malware bytes is a great thing. Then be very fastidious about the, the apps that you're going to run and the things that you're going to do on your phone. It's an internet facing device. It is susceptible to cybersecurity issues. So thank you again to that listener for sending in that question. We will be sending out our tech gumbo mug. Uh, by the way, we did send the mug to our friend David, who was our guest last week. He should be receiving it sometime this week. We'll hope to hear from him and see how he enjoys his tech gumbo mug. The beautiful, large. It's a 20 ounce ceramic mug with our tech gumbo logo on two different sides. So moving along to our main topic, which we wanted to talk about, and it has to do with jobs in the technology field. Yeah, this is something wherever both of us are in the technology field, but we're in very different parts of the technology field. I use technology, but you're more in technology. And there's a, a, a lot of studies going around. CIOs are, are out there saying, we have tons and tons of jobs. We don't have people with the skill sets to fill these positions that we want to pay people a lot of money to do. So we started digging around and we started looking for the different types of jobs that may be out there. And, you know, some of the key takeaways is that this job market is it's a hot market and it's going to be that way for another decade at least. Oh, I, I could only see it continuing to remain 
active. That it will undergo transformations, and so we might not call it the same thing in the future, but it'll be those same people who are developing these skills. This is not going away. If you are able to get into one of these jobs, you will have security for forever because this these skills are incredibly valuable and we need them. And this is not just the STEM majors, the engineering, the uh, mathematics, the the science fields. It's more than just that to get into the tech jobs. Certainly, if you have a STEM degree, that is a automatic head start over everybody else to get into it. But by no means does it mean that you can't get into this world, into this this tech space and not have an I do not have an engineering degree or I don't even have a STEM degree. I do have a college degree, but I have now had 35 years in the IT and telecom industry because I applied myself and I've done a lot of education and training over the years. Yeah, and that's one of the themes as we get later into the segment that we'll touch on is what are the places that you can get experience from? And what are those types of trainings that you can do that might supplement or even could be more valuable than the traditional four-year degree or STEM degree? So we wanted to look at the top 10 jobs in the technology world according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And the number one job is data scientist. Absolutely. It's been said for a while that data is the gold of the 21st century. And that will only become more true the farther into the centuries we get. The data scientists are people who can look through very large quantities of complex data and sort it out and begin to turn that into insights about companies. This one does require a bit more education, but if this is something that interests you, it is absolutely going to be worthwhile. The median average wage is $109,000 for a data scientist. And there's a tremendous amount of jobs open, but you do need a master's degree. You need to be in mathematics, statistics, computer science, engineering, something along those lines to get into this field. If you're in that field, that's a great place to go. Yeah, the, the skills that you're going to need you're going to need a robust programming background. You're going to need a robust background in statistics. You're going to need to have a lot of evidence and, and a resume that shows that you can do data analysis. If you have those things, consider this field, but this is probably one of the ones that is harder to get into if you don't already have that STEM background. So the number two job is software developer with the average income of about $110,000 a year. Yeah, this is the flip side though. Software developers, if you have the, the STEM degree, that's helpful, but you can become a software developer without a STEM degree, without a four-year degree. Most software firms are much more interested in you being able to show that you can code as opposed to what does your diploma say? That's right. This is not so much about data analysis the way the data scientist positions are. This is about creating code. And when you can do the if-thens and the where-tos and go-tos in the right way, in the right order, and, and you can hunt and find the bugs that are in that code, you've got a job. Especially if you are willing to work as part of a team. 
A lot of uh, software development now uh, takes place in a team environment, and you could be potentially working with 5, 10, 15 people on a code base. And so this is a good place to start looking if you are one of those people who wants to get into technology, but you don't come from a traditional STEM background. The next one is information security analyst. And this is a really, really hot position. Oh, yeah. The information security, any type of security, cybersecurity, those are all only growing. They're only going through the roof. Really recommend these because you, if you are good at your job and you start to develop a reputation, you are going to be an incredible demand and you're already in short supply. This is very much something if this type of programming appeals to you. You're going to be doing a lot of encryption, cryptography, those types of studies. This is very highly sought after. And very similar to that, the next one is computer systems analyst, which is also a very lucrative, roughly $100,000 a year job. And again, does not require that four-year degree, does not work. It's good to have the four-year degree, but when you can get in and you can prove that you know how to design and install a computer system, a lot of IT firms are going to want to have you on board. Yeah, and so your entry point here would probably be coming in as a tech and so and working your way into this position of computer systems analyst. This is something that you develop these skills over time, and you prove to the company that you have these things and that you are worth this position. Oh, absolutely. You're not going to start off as a computer system analyst. You're going to work five years minimum, probably 10 years to get to that level. But when you get to that level, you're in good place. Absolutely. The next one is a web developer. Web developers, much like software developers, are people who, if you have that traditional STEM degree, that helps. But you also can come from the, a, app, a coding academy or you do online coding or you have some other place where you've practiced and are able to develop a portfolio. Also, web developers traditionally have a bit more of that artsiness to them. There's a bit more of a craft to it because your work looks at the presentation, the front end what do users see as opposed to a software developer is much more likely on the back end and that's all the the in-house code that crunches the numbers the web developer is something who makes it look nice and has it interact between the, that back end and the front end so next position is the sales engineer and i happen to know a lot about this one i've been a sales engineer a good bit of my career and you can absolutely make a lot of money. You don't have to be in, you're not an engineer. You're not somebody with an engineering degree usually. You're somebody who's very well versed in the technology. You've been through a lot of trainings. You, you have educated yourself on a lot of the products, the tools, the services in your industry. And you're there to help the salesperson explain the very tough, very technical details of, of the, the plan that you're, you're representing. Yeah, that's a great point. You are that person who is the combination of the salesperson and the actual tech lead. And so you know enough about both to be comfortable in both worlds, going back and forth between, okay, what is actually possible? What can we really do? And then how do we turn that into a language our clients can understand? 
this is a really good position if you if you like sales, but you don't want to be involved in all the prospecting and everything, but you do like dealing with clients directly. So if you start off in sales and you're doing well and you're in the in a technical sales world, but you want to do better, go learn more, get more involved, ask a lot of questions about ev everything to everybody that you can. And the more you learn, the more you retain, the more likely you are to be a sales engineer. The next one, the highest paid position on the list is information technology manager. This goes by a lot of other names, CIO, CTO. You know, this is someone who has been in the field for a long time. They've worked their way up. Usually you have some sort of ba uh, bachelor's degree, maybe even an MBA because this is a C-suite position. But if you have that combination of an MBA and the technical background, you are incredibly valuable to your company. Absolutely. And there is no shortage of jobs of information technology managers. And, and they're not all C-suites. Some of them, you're the director of IT, IT security managers. There's different, lots, like you said, a lot of different names for it. But it's all, it's a, the person who is the comprehensive knowledge of all of the systems working together. You have to be able to communicate that. The next one is a computer research scientist. Yeah, this is someone who is doing a lot of research. Traditionally, this is a, a PhD field because you're going to be very deep into it. But because it requires a PhD, you're not competing with a whole lot of other people, and it's incredibly valuable. So if you are someone who is, is on that track, there are dollar signs in your future. Then the network and systems administrator, this is a position where you can actually start off as a tech, just somebody who is setting up a PC coming out of the box and learn and grow and, and learn and learn and do more. And over, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, you can all of a sudden get yourself up to a network of, uh, and systems administrator and you can make a lot of money. Yeah. And so to connect to that, you would start as a computer support specialist. This is the tech. This is the frontline person. You, you know, you're going to have to put in some time uh, on the front lines doing that, that support that might not be glamorous, but this is how you start a lot of those positions that we mentioned that you grow into. This would be your entry point. And the thing you have to understand about all of these positions is that as soon as you start day one, that's when the learning begins. This is not a, hey, I got the job and I never have to learn everything ever again. I have no, this being in the technology world and the IT field, this is a learning every day on the job because nothing, nothing stays the same. I, I tell people all the time, there is almost nothing we're doing today that we were doing 10 years ago and barely half of what we were doing, we were doing even five years ago. The technology industry changes and turns over so fast. The what you're doing today was unthinkable 20 years ago. If you, if you in 1990s said, ah, that's it, I got my degree, I'm done, you would not be, you, you could not be where you are today. It ha only through continual learning, having to reinvent and learn something new and continually update and change, could you be in the position where you are today. And it doesn't matter whether you're wanting to get into cybersecurity, web development, software development, whatever you're wanting to do in tech, 
get into tech, you have to start somewhere. And yes, you may start as the guy just installing Windows on PCs. Okay, but you start there and then you can grow and then the opportunities will open to you for a very, very long time. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.